Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of the Paleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back, listeners, and hello, Sarah. Hello. We survived the week. How was your week? Um, no, I say we survived the week. We thrived the week. We thrived the week. Do you know what I'm really excited about? CrossFit Open starts this week. What? I mean, by the time this podcast goes live, like I'll know what the first workout is, and I'm going to be like super excited and slightly intimidated. I have. I do admit that over the last like two months, I've been doing this whole. Should I sign up this year? Maybe I'll skip this year. Ah, oh, but I just got toes to bar, and that'd be so nice to actually be able to RX toes to bar and a CrossFit not open participate out. in the open if you right. go to a CrossFit gym. Like, period. Exactly. That's silly. As my coach said, you're gonna be you're gonna do the workouts anyways. You know you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's true. So such role reversal that you're like telling me about this. I'm like, ah, uh, for those listeners who have just binged, it must be like Twilight Zone, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, I've been um, I've been getting me some really good gains at, at CrossFit. You know, the last um, I would say actually the last seven or eight months have been like really, really awesome. And, um, I tested a bunch of lifts back in January and they went really well. And then I've been continuing on my program and getting some, some really big, um, I would, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like every single workout is a PR, but it's, it really is like some really big gains. So, you know, it feels almost like every time I back squat, I add five pounds and I've got a new five rep max every single week. And, um, and it's, it's been a really nice feeling. Like I'm really enjoying feeling strong. And, um, I, I find that that workout in the morning is so, um, it's not just energizing physically, but it's very centering for me mentally. And it's, it's really, you know, it's just become such a, Oh, like just quintessential part of my routine. And so when the, like the open comes, it becomes like this little, I know it's going to mix things up for the next few weeks. It's going to be a big challenge. And I get to see, you know, how far I've come, you know, in a different way compared to last year, because this type of challenge is a very different type of challenge than, you know, how much can I back squat or, or, or deadlift today and how, you know, fast can I do 50 box jumps right so it just it it changes things up and and I'm excited about it well I am also excited about it I think it's also interesting as we balance our busy lives to make time for all of that kind of stuff as well as work or in my case side hustle and work and because <laughs> this podcast hustle. this podcast and paleo and all that kind of stuff is like I'm I'm just calling it a side hustle um there is no category for it like it's it's not a hobby at this point obviously uh but anyway I think um 
we ha- often have the conversation on, you know, ha- how and when we're going to record and what we're going to do and, and making sure that we plan our lives around the goals and choices that we want to make. And I um, would like to kind of jump into our topic this week as we answer the question in general on balance. And I think that it's important to note that you and I have both had a different definition of balance through the five plus years that we've been podcasting together and people can go back and listen to hear what were our priorities and what did we do and how do we choose. So as we talk about this, just I encourage people to consider that where they are today will be different than where they are a year from now, which is different than where they were a year ago in terms of what their own goals are, because I feel like being productive, being balanced and knowing um, where your goals are are really tied together. It's true. I actually, I've had like several questions in the last few days um, that sort of boil down to this idea of, um, you know, how do you, how do you balance and how do you, how do you, um, how do you achieve these goals that I think sometimes, you know, compete for our attention. And, um, you know, when I mentioned this to you, you were like, yeah, that's that's a, a really interesting place to sort of like refocus our conversation. We've sort of talked a little bit along these lines on the podcast before, but um, I certainly feel like a lot of my strategies are different. And I know you're balancing a sort of a different collection of things now. So um, how about I read this question from Anne and then we'll go from there. I feel like I missed my opportunity to say sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> All right. So Anne writes, hi, ladies. I love listening to you guys every week and love your mix of science and fun. Hmm, and I wonder why her mind people was choosing. <laughs> I wonder. Mm, and all of my options of this type of question. <laughs> all right. Uh, Anne continues. My question is less diet and health related and more organizational and productivity. I know both of you are incredibly productive and I am curious as to what your daily routines look like. Do you have a specific morning routine? How do you stay so productive day to day? How do you work on so many projects at once? And Stacy, how do you balance a full-time job and doing all you do with the podcast and books? Or Stacy just said, side hustle. I'm very curious as to what your days look like hour to hour as someone who tries to be productive while balancing health. Thank you. Ooh. Well, thanks, Anne, for thinking that we have our stuff together because sometimes <laughs> it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> that, is, that is the super secret. Yes. Is, um, it's really nice that the perception is that <laughs> we're balancing everything. But uh, it doesn't always feel that way on the inside. So I do. I do think that there's a lot of truth to that, right? That like I, I liken it to when you're a kid and you feel like, oh, when I'm grown up, I'm going to know everything. And then suddenly you're a grown up with kid and you're like, oh, my gosh, like who let me have this grown up life? I feel like it's the same thing with um, taking on a lot of things and um figuring out how I want to spend my time. Sometimes I'm in the middle of something and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? So, uh, you know, for me, I am very, 
I have learned about myself that I am very type A, I am very driven, and I will jump into things 100%, 150%, sometimes without thinking. And one of the things that I've had to learn over the years is that I need to stop and think. Does this line up with ultimately where my goals are? And is this the right time to be taking on this project? Would it make sense for me to do this differently or at a different time? Um, How does it benefit others? How does it benefit my family? I literally had to train myself to think through those questions before taking on multiple projects at once, as she refers to. Um, Because otherwise, I will spend so much cycles and energy focusing on things that don't add value in the way that I want them to, or don't bring joy the way that I want them to, or don't help other people the way that I want to help other people. So I really have to think about what my goals and priorities are. And as a businesswoman, that's how we run businesses as well, right? Like you have an opportunity to do a lot of things with money that you want to invest in your business, but you have to prioritize. You have to say, you know, what helps the business? And so I think of myself and my body, my health, the same way that I think about like a healthy business. You know, I, if I want to be in my best, um, if I want to be my best, then I need to take care of myself and I need to know my limits and my goals so that I can then give to others. Because I think one of the things we type A's do so frequently without realizing it is we give too much of ourselves and then we we run out and we can no longer give to others the way that we want to. So in order to help others, we have to self-preserve. Um, And so we talk a lot in the show, and Sarah can talk about it. It's outlined in The Paleo Approach at the very least, but I think it's in all of your books. Um, Stress management is huge, and -hmm. and learning how to manage your own stress so that you can um, help help yourself first, so to speak. Um, I can walk through the logistics of the day, but I, I wanted to address those those general overarching concepts first, because I don't want people to see the perception of, oh, you guys are busy and you're doing so much. Well, we all have different people that help us, right? Like I have a husband who stays home that helps run a lot of the business that we do here, as well as cook meals and run errands and different things that a lot of people don't have the advantage of if you don't have a parent that stays home. And I know, Sarah, you have a team of people who help with your blog stuff. And so, you know, this, this, it's not to say that we're both not working a lot because we're both (laughs) working a lot, (laughs) but, um, you know, there's, there's perception and then there's reality and it's learning how to craft our own reality in a way that helps support our, our health. So let me add to some of those sort of big picture ideas, and then we can get into a little bit more specifics about some of our you know daily routines and priorities. Um, but I did kind of want to emphasize uh, one of the things that you said, and I, it's definitely applicable to me. Um, I am very ambitious and very self-motivated. So I am a person who um, has big ideas and I, a very clear vision of what I want to accomplish. And um, I have a, a um, I like to think of it as a very strong work ethic. Someone else might call me a workaholic. Um, but I really do 
um, you know, I love what I do and I love the, um, not just the, the day to day, but I love the direction I have, um, you know, some, some really big idea type, type goals with the work that I'm doing. And that motivates me to continue. And then I get my, my, you know, positive affirmation through, uh, social media, through, for example, the interactions I had with the AIP lecture series, students, um, meeting listeners, events, those are the types of that personal connection and people sharing their stories and how my work has impacted their lives that gives me that very sort of tangible motivation to keep going. But but really at the end of the day, um, I, I am very, very driven to work hard and I make choices that prioritize work over a lot of other things. And so much so that over the last few years, I've had to make a really conscientious effort to seek better balance in my life, to carve out time for hobbies. And so that I actually have like, like scheduled time that are for hobbies. Um, and I've had to create some, some really, um, uh, firm lines in terms of, uh, uh, priorities for self-preservation or for, for health preservation that, uh, I, I, you know, I maintain, I, I don't cross those lines and that has to do with, with stress management, with activity, with sleep, uh, with dedicated family time, which, which is very, very important to me as well. So the things that get sacrificed for, for me, for the sake of productivity, uh, are things like, um, uh, I try to I try to combine hobbies and and socialization. So a lot of additional socialization doesn't make it sort of into into my life. Typically, um, I don't spend very much time on social media other than creating content on my page. I I don't um, I I don't spend time. Um, on social media, I don't watch very much television. Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of downtime. The things that I do that, that do feel like downtime, I might like listen to a podcast or, or an audiobook while I'm cooking or while I'm driving. Um, I try to find ways to sort of sneak in some of that type of fun into my life. But I would say that, you know, I, I've really structured my life uh, with efficiency in mind so that, um, you know, even, even my, my downtime is very concentrated downtime. And then my work time is very concentrated work time. And then the, the other secret is, um, that I'm, I'm just a very efficient person. So when I am working, I tend to get a lot done per unit time. And, I've been like that um, pretty much my whole life. And I think that is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I, I, I think it ties in with, oh, I mean, not just intelligence. I think it, those can go hand in hand, but not necessarily. Um, but I think that, that I've always been a person who c can sit down and get a, a really large amount of stuff done in a, in a dedicated hour. And I'm also very, very good at using, um, 
little bits of time. So in in my day, you know, especially because I work from home and I still have young kids at home, I end up with uh, 10 minutes to work here, 15 min- minutes to work there. And I've got different tasks that I do when I have two straight hours to focus versus 10 minutes, but I'm able to kind of jump around and do use that 10 minutes really well or use that two hours really well in something that requires more focus. So I think that um, just having the natural ability of, of being a person who who is very um, productive per unit time when I work um, is something that definitely has has helped me be able to to carve out time for other things. And I think it's linked too. So also when I prioritize my sleep and I prioritize activity, I definitely notice that I'm more focused when I'm working. So I think there's there's a little bit of a give and take. I'm very efficient with my time, but that efficiency also comes from some of the activities that I do to preserve my health. I, too, have to carve out time for myself for certain activities and um, actually put, like, calendar reminders. I have a very active – Google calendar that shared with Matt and um, there's like the most little things on there, like share this on social media for him and different things like that, because I need him to take care of it. Um, And he's a very forgetful, great, wonderful man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And so that I think that active, a calendar and a communication helps us kind of focus on the different activities that we need to do. I think the other thing too, is I, I block out my calendar a lot. So, um, I, I have downtimes. I've planned downtimes that I do search social media and I do watch television. Um, I am, uh, have always been a TV junkie. My, bachelor's degree is actually in social criticism because um, I focused on evaluating pop culture for uh, women's studies references like um, feminism and stuff like that in popular culture. So I am like very obsessively into pop culture and movies and TV and stuff like that. And it's one of the things that we do as a family. We play a lot of board games together and we also really enjoy watching shows together and then talking about it later. Um, So I schedule that time. And in order to schedule that time, I need to be productive and get what I need done, what my goals are during the times that I block them out. So, for example, um, there are weeks of my month that are very busy or days of my month that are very busy specific to the work that I do with Beauty Counter based on the cycle of just that month. And so I block out the days of my month that I know are going to be really important for me to be available for those tasks. And I don't plan things like extracurricular activities or um, uh, new blog posts. And I make sure that my meetings at work are not scheduled late in the evening if I know that I'm going to need to do other work. So for example, today, 
um, I did not do a very good job of that because (laughs) work was very, very busy. I was intending to leave earlier because I had an event to take care of. And then I had podcasts to record. And I did not leave myself time as I had intended to when I got home from work to spend with the family and to eat dinner with the family. I literally walked in the door and I had 12 minutes before I needed to get on the computer upstairs after leaving the computer at the office. So it's not to say that it goes perfectly either because things come up. Um, But it is important for me to kind of block out knowing I I put it all in the calendar before the month begins, like, okay, these are going to be the times that I'm really busy. And it's the same way with my professional job. I know that I have times that are very busy. There are certain times of year that are very busy for me that I don't take vacations. I don't, you know, plan uh, big, big events or travel or different things like that, because I know that I'm going to be busy with that stuff. And I think really thinking ahead and planning and knowing where I want to be, what my goals are, what my commitments are. And then if I plan it all out on the calendar, and I'm like, whoa, this is too much. Like I can't, you know, have spring break and this requirement and this commitment to this person, I have to figure it out and I have to pull some things back. And that was the hardest thing for me to do because as Sarah said, you know, I am also a workaholic. I am very goal oriented person. And if I set a goal for myself, like there is nothing that will keep me from accomplishing it. (laughs) I, I have actually really struggled with that actually in my like initial attempts to, I was like, okay, I'm going to achieve work like balance and I'm going to do these hobby things. And then like all of a sudden I felt like I was spread way too thin and it wasn't even just like, I, before that it was like, I would, I, it's not that I'm bad at saying, um, no to people. It's that I literally come up with all of the things myself to do. Like it's, it's all comes from me. I'm going to, Oh, this would be a great project. And this would be a great project. And I want to do everything all the time, all at once immediately. Um, but then I was like, okay, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to work on this work life balance and I'm going to take this class and I'm going to join this club and whatever it is. And, um, and then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, now I'm spread too thin in this other, this other way. And for me, it's, it's been trying to find that balance where, um, you know, I'm carving out enough work time to continue to achieve these things that I really want to achieve and then carving out enough hobby time to get that time out of that house and the social time, um, you, you know, I, it's for me, the things that I do are, are just really fun. And so it's like laughter time. Uh, so it gets to be sort of a stress management in that way. And then still make sure, you know, that my family's getting a lot of quality time with me. And then there's still time to get enough sleep every night. And that, that formula has definitely been uh, a bigger struggle for me in terms of the give and take to make sure that um, things like, sleep and activity don't get uh, shortchanged because that is, I mean, that is society as a whole does this. I mean, I, I, this is our classic of, I sleep with whatever time I have left at the end of the day. And I've done a lot of research on sleep. It's why there's such a hefty chapter on sleep and paleo principles. That's why I wrote the go to bed online sleep program. Um, you know, it's, it's a really important 
uh, input to health, um, one that that probably is equal to to diet in terms of how it affects our short and long term long term health and because of not just all of that like science information that's in my head about the importance of sleep, but because I've known about myself since I was about six years old that I am a person who needs a lot of sleep. I am a sleeper. Um, you know, I, I, I get, I feel it very, very quickly if I'm having a lot of late nights, if sleep is not making it enough onto my to-do list that I'm getting at least eight or eight and a half hours every single night. And, um, and then as soon as, you know, as soon as that, it becomes then that slippery slope, because for me, if I'm not getting enough sleep, that I'm not getting, I'm not getting as much done. That's very stressful for me. The biggest stress for me always is a long to-do list. Like for me, if I'm really stressed um, about work, the best thing for me to do is to sit and work and get, tick stuff off the list and get stuff done. Like it doesn't help me to take an afternoon off and go to the spa for a half day like that. That doesn't help my stress level. What helps my stress level is, okay, here, I got, I got these things that I've been worried about done. And, um, and so if I'm not getting those things done because I'm too tired and I'm not focused, then that's a stress. And then when, if I'm stressed, I'm not sleeping as well. I'm not getting as much out of my workouts because physical stress and psychological stress are additive. And it, it just, it tends to spiral out of control and it can be such a simple trigger as so much as like, oh, well, I, I had this work to do today, but I also had this hobby time booked off today. So I have to be really proactive about how I schedule my weeks and how I um, I have to plan ahead. You know, I'm, I'm going to be out this evening for, uh, you know, a hobby. So I need to make sure that I, you know, get these things off my to-do list two days before so that I make sure that, that you know, work deadlines don't butt up against, you know, when I have to leave the house to go do this other thing. Okay. So on a practical perspective, I talked about Google calendar being one of my most used tools. I actually use uh, Google uh, Gmail type integrated products a lot to work with my teams between um, Matt and Crystal, who supports us on the blog and newsletters, as well as with the Beauty Counter team, um, which is like 150 people. So that's, I mean, I don't know, for those of you who manage people, like communication is one of the biggest um, difficulties. And, and I don't want to say time sucks because I value the time that I spend with them, but it can become really cumbersome. So the tools that I use um, are the Google integrated products and then also instant message services. And I do this both in my office with my employees as well as um, my my team in my side hustle. Um, and that enables me to have like one conversation with multiple people instead of having one conversation eight times, which is like not the most efficient use of my time. And oftentimes people ask questions that others would benefit from. And the other tool that I use that same way that I really love and I think is underused and I would highly recommend people check it out is the Voxer app. So if you have a lot of people that you need to communicate with that aren't directly around you, Voxer is amazing because it's like a walkie-talkie text messaging service. And it's a free app that you can download. And I literally just walkie-talkie voice messages to people and they can listen to it when they have time or they can um, voice message me and I can listen to it when I have time. So at my lunch break or in the evenings, because I, 
you know, have a full-time job. So um, those tools and resources have been really useful for me and sharing with people, like this is another thing that I think logistically is really important is be upfront with people about your expectations and your time commitments, what you can and cannot do. And I have had to tell people, Sunday is my family day. I go out of my way to spend time with my boys where I do not have a computer in front of me. Of course, I'll be using my phone because I am a 21st uh, century technology person. Um, And, you know, for whatever reason, but my face will not be in my phone the whole time. And I will not be in front of a computer emailing people or planning things or doing stuff like that. Um, And the more that I set those expectations, the more people are totally okay with if they send me an email on Sunday, it actually has started now with, hey, I know it's your off day and I'm totally fine with you responding this tomorrow, right? Instead of what I used to feel like because I'm a type A obsessive goal-oriented person is I'd get an email on Sunday and I would feel compelled like I was, you know, affecting that person negatively if I did not respond immediately. So with setting those goals and those expectations with those around me who are needing me for whatever reason. I think it really helps manage my stress and my time and really recharging because where Sarah is a sleeping person, I am a recharging person. So I really need time. I really need downtime. I'm an introvert by nature and I need to be able to disconnect and snuggle with my boys or, you know, do whatever it is where I am not confronted by all the things that I take on most often. And then like, honestly, all I need sometimes is 10 minutes, a half an hour, like little short burst and I'm good to go. Um, and I mean, Sarah and I were the same way when we were in book tour, like we'd leave a book tour and we just sit silently next to each other for a while. True, true. You, you know, you need to decompress. And I think it's important to build in that time for yourself, depending on, you know, what your needs are, or, what your stress level Or sometimes are. just curl into the fetal position. Yes. yes. <laughs> not, that, not that book tour made us curl into a fetal position. No, it's, it's, it's that I, uh, I'm an introvert as well. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I'm, I'm sort of a, a, I'm an outgoing introvert. So I really love being on stage, being on stage. I, I love public speaking. I love, I mean, being on stage is, is my hobby that I've been alluding to this whole podcast. Um, it's, um, it, I, I, I just, I really love performing. I really love public speaking. I really love events. Um, but an extrovert would be energized by all of that, activity and social connection and I'm drained by it. So at the end of it, I, I just, I really need to just be by myself and preferably not be touched by anybody. (laughs) And I just really need, like, I just really need decompression time. And that, that is, you know, the, the heart of a, of a difference between an, an introvert and an extrovert is, uh, you know, the, the source of your energy in that, in that, way and I, I love it, I value it, it's wonderful, but I I can't um you know, I, I'm not capable of continuing at that type of pace for days and days and days on end. Like I really need every single day to be able to have that um a- alone time to be able to recharge. Okay, so from a logistics perspective, um because I'm trying to be efficient here, trying to move through um, day, day, 
day to day, hour by hour. So I'm just going to run through this really quickly. And I'm going to assume that this is a work day for me, right? This is not like a Saturday um, where I'm working, but I'm not actually working. So just to be clear. Um, So I actually sleep in until 725. It's amazing. I have a I have my oldest son gets up for middle school at 6am and Matt gets up with him and Matt is delightfully quiet and respectful when he gets up to get Cole up and to get Cole out the door and he doesn't come back into the bedroom until it's time for the rest of the family to wake up at 725 and if I did not stay up so late I wouldn't need to sleep in so late but you're going to hear that I stay up until past 11 o'clock most nights. So I need to be able to get my eight hours of sleep. And that means that I sleep until uh, after seven o'clock. I work five minutes from home, which is amazing. So I can get up and get out the door really quickly. So I, I'm woken up at 725. And my rule is I have to get out of bed by 745. Sometimes that means that I lay there and I stare at the ceiling. Sometimes it means that I go back to sleep and that comes back at 745. And sometimes it means that I catch up for the day looking at my phone, checking emails, checking social media, answering texts that have come in from the West Coast while I was asleep, (laughs) um, which often happens. Uh, Different things like that. I give myself that 20 minutes. Um, And so I get to use it however I'm going to use it. And then once 745 hits, I got to get up and I got to get ready for the day. And I get out of the house by 820. I have a really quick morning routine (laughs) and I've learned how to be efficient with that. So I actually take Finn to school in the mornings because he uh, goes to a different district than the other boys. He's an immersion program, which is not in our regular school district. So I drive him to school, which is actually really great for my schedule because it makes me have a really strict routine. Like I have to be out of the door at a certain time and I know that I'll be in the office at a certain time. Um, so I drop him off, I get to the office and I work. I, I do my regular day job until lunchtime when I take a break and I usually catch up on anything else that might be happening in my life, different calls that I need to make personal perspective or, um, from the side hustle stuff. Oftentimes this is when I'll answer Voxer messages or text messages that have come in during the day. And I give myself that like 30 to 45 minutes. Um, while I usually eat at my desk, I would say I eat at my desk, like, mm, what, how many work days are there? Like 21 in a month, like 20 out of 21 days in a month, I will eat at my desk. Um, and then I work the rest of the day in my day job. And then I come home, we have dinner at 6.30 every night. So if I come home before 6.30, um, we hang out as a family, we play board games, we do whatever. But I try to always be home by 6.30 so we can have dinner together as a family. And then, um, we eat dinner. The boys are actually responsible for cleaning up after dinner, which is the time saver. Um, for those of you who don't have older children yet, trust me, your time will come. Um, and then we hang out as a family. And so that evening time is really important for me to reconnect with the boys because I'm gone almost all day. And I don't do much during that time. Phones aren't allowed at the table. Um, you know, we just, we spend time together. And then once the boys are in bed, I work again. So, um, in the case of podcasting, it's the only night that I start working before the boys are in bed because they, um, we record a little bit earlier than the boys go to bed. Um, but 
it's the only night that I work while they're still awake. The rest of the nights, Matt and I will then wait for them to go to bed and we'll work together on stuff, whether it be, um, you know, a blog post or answering emails or different things like that. So, and then I also throughout the day, (laughs) like check on, um, my social media and do different check-ins. Like you'll often see me on Insta stories and stuff like that in my work office. And that's because I'm taking like either during lunch or taking a break, coming back from the bathroom, something like that. And a thought occurs to me and that is how I get like my efficiency, my productivity. And I just take care of it when it happens. Um, and then I move on and I focus on the other stuff that I need to focus on. So, um, that is that hour by hour. I don't know. I mean, the other That's thing. Close say, enough. Yeah, the boys go to bed around eight thirty, nine, nine thirty, depending on which one they are, and you know how, how generous we're feeling. So, in order to to get the work in after they go to bed, it's usually an hour to two hours that we're working before we then start to wind down for the evening. So that's why I am often not in bed until after 11, but my rule is I need to be ready for sleep. So not like coming up to the bedroom, but like ready for sleep at midnight so that I know that I get at least seven hours. But most nights I try to make that be 11 so that I'm getting over eight hours. Those are, those are my goals. And then I take naps on the weekend because Sarah says naps are good. Um, so my, hour to hour, my alarm goes off on a weekday at 6.15. I wake up to a light alarm, which is a very nice sort of pleasant way to slowly wake up, but I still tend to hit the snooze. So I still tend to grab that extra nine minutes before I get out of bed. Um, And then most typically I get dressed into workout clothes, um, go downstairs and make myself a cup of coffee and then usually my husband's up, um, you know, 15 or so minutes before I am. So he's usually already downstairs and he gets the kids breakfast. Um, so I come downstairs, I get myself coffee. I help, um, you know, if the kids need anything packed in their bags or whatever, usually they can do that by themselves. Um, but then I practice piano with my youngest in the morning. So we usually get most of her piano practice in before school. She sometimes has a few things left to do afterwards. But we've found that um, she's just so much more focused at that time of the morning. And I'm so much more focused. Um, so it's been much better for her. Um, we leave the house about 7.15, 7.20. And I drop the girls off at school. And then I keep going to the gym. So I go, you know, straight from home, throw on my workout clothes, take the kids to school, go straight to the gym. And I start working out by seven 30 and I'm usually at the gym until nine. I actually work out with a personal trainer now because there isn't a seven 30 AM class, but also because with autoimmune disease, working with a personal trainer has been a really great way to dial in the intensity every single day for exactly what I need that day. And, um, we've been working together for like two and a half years. So it's, it's been a long time and it's, it's been really fantastic. So I'm usually done around nine and I come home and then I usually, um, uh, finish my coffee because I don't typically get it all in before I, before I leave the house. Um, and I typically start working like still sweaty and gross because I work from home. I work in, you know, I work in my, my offices in the, uh, it, it's like a, it's, 
it's a split level, so it's on the bottom level. It's not really a basement. I sometimes call it the basement, but it's not like it's a dark, disgusting basement. Um, and I will typically start working into. I will typically work until I'm hungry. Um, and then when I'm hungry, I will get up and grab a quick breakfast and that's typically when I'll shower. But I will often have days where showering is because I don't have to work in an office. Uh, showering is, is a very like minimal, uh, I don't like spending a lot of time if I don't need to look good for a social media, you know, Facebook post or something like that. I, I, tend to throw my hair into a messy bun, throw on a little mascara and uh, basically make sure that I don't stink. Um, so uh, I try to spend as little time doing that as possible. Um, I'll often, that's the time I'll often use my juve, which I've written about on um, my website. And I do tend to have my phone with me while I juve. That's when I'll go through email. I'll go through social media um, and I'll sort of get caught up on the, the things that are sort of easy to do one handed, uh, at that point. And then I go right back to work. I work pretty much straight until, um, the kids come home. I often, I have a late breakfast, so I'm usually not particularly hungry for lunch. Although some days, um, some days I am, and if I am hungrier, I eat, um, but I tend to have very sort of like finger food, grab it quick and be able to eat at my desk type lunches. Um, I pick up the kids from the bus stop at two thirty in the afternoon on a day that they don't have after school activities. I usually take the the afternoon off. Um, that's when I'll cook a much bigger dinner. You know, I'll cook a couple different things. Um, I might even like cook something that's like a breakfast food for breakfast the next morning at dinner just to make things easier. Um, and I'll hang out with them. You know, they'll be doing their homework. Uh, my other daughter will practice piano, um, but I'm, I tend to be much more around them and I tend to do a lot more sort of kitchen centric things um, around the house those days. If they do have after school activities, I drive them, I drop them off and I come home and I use that time to work. Um, so if they're if they're at their after school activities, I'm usually taking that time to work. Um, we always have dinner at the dinner table as a family. Um and then after dinner, my kids typically get, don't have a ton of time before they have to get ready for bed. Um, they're in bed. My youngest is in bed at 7.30 and my oldest is in bed at 8. And then I very typically um, would work another one to two hours after that. Um, you know, if I'm feeling um, like I've had a really productive day and um, then sometimes I'll, I'll take the night off and my husband and I will, will hang out and um, sometimes we'll watch a movie or something like that. Um, and then of course, a couple evenings a week uh, once the kids are in bed, that's around the time that I, I leave the house and um, go off and uh, laugh hysterically on a stage somewhere. Um, so I uh, typically start winding down for bed around uh, 9 to 9.30. Uh, every once in a while, it'll be a little bit later if I'm, I'm butting up against some kind of um, deadline. Um, but I try to always Podcast. have the light out. Podcasts, <laughs> for example. Um, 
So uh, on a on a more relaxed night, I start getting ready for bed around nine. Um, but there's many, there's probably half the week. It's actually closer to 10. Um, and I always try to have the light out at 1030. So what ends up happening is um, on a night where I get to wind down around nine, I just have more time to read or have a bath or hang out and visit with my husband or all of the above. And on a night where I've worked later or I've uh, gotten in from my my hobby uh, at 10 o'clock, then it's a little bit more of a you know like rush, get in my pajamas, wash my face, brush my teeth. And then um, then I typically, um, you know, have to sort of have a some, you know, do something very meditative, uh, read a book or, or something to, to wind down because it's a more sort of uh, rushed bedtime routine, which is is not ideal. And I um, I don't consistently see that my sleep is worse off those nights. Uh, but if I am going to have a bad night's sleep, it tends to be one of those nights. Um and then uh, rinse and repeat. <laughs> Alarm goes off at 6.15 in the morning. I should probably have noted that I am super lucky because Matt wakes me up and makes my lunch. And I just want to say that I totally get that. But also that's like his job. Like that's what we've agreed upon as part of like what he does to help the family is, you know, the less time I spend doing those kinds of things, the more time we have together. So, um, if there are things that you guys, I just like a plug for marriage in general. Um, I think that there's <laughs> like, you know, or spouse or partner or whatever. Um, I just think if there's things that one person is better at than the other, or one person is more innately, um, easier or able to do than the other. For example, Sarah, you cook dinner because your husband is still out. And in my case, Matt makes me lunch because he's awake from having gotten coal up. Like there's no need for us both to do that. So there are certain gives and takes, I think, in every partnership. And it's really part of productivity, efficiency, and balance is learning how to use the strengths and balance off of each other from those people in your lives. And so it might be your spouse. It might be someone you work with, right? Like you might be doing a job that somebody else is much better at. And maybe you think about how they could do that um, job and you could take something else because they'll be more efficient at it. And I just think in general, I'm a very like efficient, goal-oriented, process-oriented person. So I have a tendency to find those things and utilize them to help other people balance their own workload, so to speak. So it's just my, just my general plug and like, be nice to each other, be friends, help each other, <laughs> all that kind of jazz. No, and it, it is true because I, I do do all of the cooking, but my husband does, you know, all of the cleaning up afterwards. And so that's a time typically, you know, my girls and I will all leave the dinner table. I mean, the kids have to clear their dishes, but I don't have to clear mine because my husband does that. And then I, you know, they, they go up and start getting ready for bed and I get to hang out with them and, and have that quality time with them. So that becomes time, you know, when my husband is cleaning up the kitchen that I get a little bit more focused time with my kids, especially on a day where they have after school activities. I don't see them all that much between school and dinner time. So it's um, that give and take is, is a really important thing. And that partnership, even when 
it's, you know, like my husband doesn't do anything to help out with anything that I do. Like that he, he has his own career. He doesn't, uh, help with the blog or the books or anything, but he does support me in other ways. So, you know, the other thing is because I don't necessarily get enough time to work during the week. I always work at least a few hours on Saturdays and Sundays. So I, I don't actually ever get, take a full day off. And uh, he's really key on making sure that I get at least a few hours of dedicated work time on the weekends um, by doing more cleaning around the house, um, taking the kids out to go grocery shopping, you know, those sorts of things that um, can make a really big difference in terms of just creating a, a, a quiet environment for me or, or carving out a, a chunk of time. So that aspect of partnership definitely should not be underestimated. Awesome. Well, I'm sure there's lots of things we forgot, but um, hopefully this was helpful and uh, given you lots of ideas to think about. And of course, I just want to reiterate that busyness is not the goal. Like, I think there are some really great um, quotes and stuff like that on the internet about this that might be good mantras to share with yourself. But um, to be too busy and to be overwhelmed is not the goal. It's good to be balanced. It's good to be productive and efficient. But as you've heard Sarah and I talk about, we each focus on aspects of our own lives that we bring in in order to create a less stress recharge time for ourselves and it looks differently for each of us and it'll look differently for you but it's really important to not feel like you need to be busy you need to be working you need to be overwhelmed because that kind of chronic activity and chronic stress can really be detrimental to your health especially if you have autoimmune disorders but really for anybody um I cannot say it enough, but recently found that stress is a, you know, contributor to the top six deadly uh, causes in America. And so the, the less stress we have, the better for our health and um, finding ways to be productive and get your goals accomplished without being overwhelmed or being busy is, is really, the, in my opinion, the goal and the ultimate achievement for your own personal success. Here, here. Awesome. Well, thank you again for tuning in. If um, you enjoyed this podcast, it was a little bit different for us, which was kind of a nice change from um, the intensity of last week. <laughs> but um, if, if you liked the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review, share on social media, help us spread the word. And of course, um, you can find us on our blogs, thepaleomom.com, realeverything.com, and support us by shopping. Any of the links on our blogs is greatly appreciated. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the paleo view if you enjoyed the show please take a moment to rate us on itunes you can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through paypal i had to i had to click click the like call answer button like three times i was like no i i want to answer this call i want it no answer it dang it answer it it's not a good omen to start the show it's um my computer doesn't think that I should be working now. It thinks I should go to bed. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.